Today we're going to read today from, from 1 Kings chapter 19. If you have your Bibles with you, can we just quickly turn to 1 Kings chapter 19? It's a very familiar story, but I like familiar stories. No, I like finding new revelations in familiar stories. And so today we want to open up our hearts and let's read. It's a big, it's a little bit of it's quite a big chunk of, of, of text, but that's fine. Alright? We're going to read together. Shall we read? And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So the gods do so let the gods do to me more and more also. And I do not make your life if I do not make your life as as the life of one of them by tomorrow, about this time. And when he saw that, he ran. He arose and ran for his life and went to Bathsheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. Basically, Jezebel wanted him dead, right? Jezebel was trying to chase him. But he himself, Elijah, went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die and said, it is enough now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Then he lay and slept under a broom tree. Suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. Then he looked, and there by his, by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. So he arose, verse 8, So he arose and ate and drank, and went into, in the strength of the, of the food forty days and forty nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave and spent a night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Verse 10, So he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Then he said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the God, God, the Lord passed by, and a great and a strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire is a still, small voice. A little bit more, I hope you're with me. So it was when Elijah heard that he wrapped his face in the mantle and went out, stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly, a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord of ghosts because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left and they seek to take my life. Then the Lord said to him, Go on your way to the wilderness of Damascus and when you arrive, anoint Hazel as king over Syria. Over Syria? Is it Syria? Syria, Syria. Also, you shall anoint Jehu the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel, and Elisha, the son of Sh Shephaf, of Abel-Meholah, 
you shall anoint as prophet in your place. It shall be that that whoever, the, whoever escapes the sword of Hazel, Jehu will kill. And whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha will kill. Yet I have reserved, a se- reserved 7,000 in Israel. And all whose knees have not bowed to Baal in every mouth that has not kissed him. It is a very familiar passage, a very familiar story. But today we want to look at what God did. Remember, I think a few weeks ago, whenever I, I, I shared that whenever we read the Old Testament, whenever we read the Bible, the question that we must always ask ourselves is, where is God in this story? God is always the center. God is always the, 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 the main character of every Bible story that we read. And so today we want to ask ourselves, where is God in this? You see, have you ever felt like giving up before? Have you ever feel like there's no point to live and that you just want to, to quit and that you're just fed up with whatever that, that, that you are going through today? If you have ever felt that way before, then certainly you can relate to Elisha. Elijah. Because Elijah just got out of a very intense battle. We can read that in chapter 18. You know, having to fight off hundreds and hundreds of prophets or bad guys is certainly not an easy task. It's certainly not easy trying to, 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 to defeat many, many different bad guys. Bad guys. And so it is... But, not, but to make matters worse, Jezebel is trying to kill him. Somebody is after his life. So let's put all this together, okay? He's hangry because he just, you know, he's hungry and angry, right? He is uh, uh, tired. He just wants to rest. And on top of that, to make matters worse, somebody is after his life. Somebody wants to kill him. So it is with good reasons that we can say that we can assume that Elijah was at the verge of burning out. He's at the verge of giving up to the point where he even told God, God, I want to die. This mighty man of God who prayed that it would not rain for three and a half years, who called down fire from heaven is now telling God, God, I want to end my life. I want to die. But today, I want to show us how great, how merciful, how powerful God is in coming through for Elijah at the lowest point of his life. The title of my message today is that the God who is greater. The God who is greater. Can we put it in the chat and say, My God is greater. Thank you. My God is greater. You see, God showed Himself great to Elijah by providing, number one, by providing His presence. We read that in chapter, in verse 11. And the Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. See, when Jezebel heard when Jezebel heard about what happened that, that, uh, in the previous chapter, 
she was not very happy. She did not say, okay, the, 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 the God of heavens and the earth has already defeated Baal. And so I should rejoice, I should be glad, I should be very happy. But instead, what did she say? She made a vow, right? She made a vow that sent the messenger to tell Elijah that I want to kill him. He is going to, I want him to, I want him dead, right? But if you think about it, Elijah would have probably been be, be expecting after a huge revival that broke out in the previous chapter, after a huge uh, uh, a move of God, a miracle at Mount Carmel, he would have thought that, okay, this is, about, this is a new revival that's about to come. This is a new uh, uh, a movement that God is about to bring into, into the nation. But instead, somebody is not happy, somebody is upset, and somebody wants to kill him. Have you ever felt that way before? Have you ever, you know, done something with good intentions? Give with good motives only to find whatever that you've done backfired against you? Have you ever sowed into someone's life only to see them wasting their life away? Have you ever have you ever done something good only to receive nothing in return? Because surely it will be so discouraging, right? And I can imagine Elijah will be so discouraged after bringing forth revival in the previous chapter and now somebody wants to kill him. And so naturally, naturally what did Elijah do? Elijah did what everybody all of us can relate to. He, he ran. He ran for his life. Elijah ran as far, as deep, as secluded as he could. Right? How do I know that? How do we know that? The Bible says that Elijah went a day's journey into the wilderness. He went deeper and deeper and deeper. I wonder, have we ever felt that way before? Have you ever feel that we want to, want to just run away from all this chaos? Have you ever felt that you just want to go back into quarantine where you just can be alone, nobody disturb you? Nobody can, can talk to you? Nobody can hurt you? Nobody can just disturb you? You see, sometimes, sometimes as we run, God is also running towards you. As we run, there is nowhere that we can run. The Bible says there's no mountain that you can climb, no valley too low that God cannot reach you. And so, as Elijah did what he knew how, God also did what he knew how. And so God met Elijah at his lowest, deepest the most difficult season in his life, God came through for him. You see, sometimes God appears in big dramatic ways. And I love that. We all love that. We all love God to show up in big, you know, extra ways. But sometimes God also shows up in the small things. He shows up in the little things, the things that we least expect. Why? To show us that He alone is great that He alone is sovereign over everything. 
And you know, as I think about this, I, I realize that one of the most powerful ways that God has ever spoken to me it is not so much in a church service, it is not so much in a church conference or in a church camp. It is when I am alone with God, reading His Word, studying His Word, doing my devotions, in the car, listening to a podcast. It is those times that we often overlook that God meets us there. So I want to say, do not despise. Let us not despise the little things because it's in the little that sometimes God speaks the most. And so if you ever feel like you're at a low point in your life today, God wants to show you that He alone is great by providing you, by giving you His presence today. He wants to assure you. He wants to make you remember that He is there. He is there with you. The second thing that God did for Elijah was that God gave him a purpose. You see, up to this point, up to this point, Elijah was so drowned in his pity. He was so drowned in his, in his suffering. He was so drowned in his pain, right? And he was going on and on and on about telling God, you know, about his suffering, about what he's going through, right? We can read that over in, in, in verse 4. It says, he told God, he said, God, I have enough. I've had enough. I don't want to do this anymore, right? He says, take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. In verse 10, he says, I have been very zealous for the Lord. I have done all these things, if I can paraphrase. God, I've been serving you so much. I've been loving you so much. I give of my offering every single week. I love my mom as much as I can. I give to this house, to this ministry. I sow and sow and sow, but yet I'm not reaping anything at the moment. And that was exactly what he was actually saying. And he said, I'm the only one left and now they are trying to kill me too. But after encountering God's presence, do you know what Elijah received from God? Do you know what he received from God? The moment he encountered God's presence, God gave him work to do. God gave him a work. I don't know why, but I find that so funny because he was going on and on telling God, God, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to give up. I want to quit. But in verse 14, sorry, in verse 15, what did God say? God said, the Lord said, go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazel king over Aram. It's funny because, I find it funny because often I would, we would imagine that God would try to sympathize with us, right? Whenever we are ranting at God, whenever we are giving God our complaints, we expect God to come and say, Oh, you poor thing. My beloved daughter, my beloved son, in whom I am so well pleased. We would imagine that God would comfort Elijah the way that we think in our human minds. But God didn't do any of that. As Elijah was going on and on and on, I can imagine God, God, God had enough 
And as Elijah was seeking God for pity, God gave Elijah a purpose. You see, when we begin to feel down, and I want to say this, there's nothing wrong going to God in complaining. There's nothing wrong ranting at God. In fact, God loves it when we go to Him in that, in that manner. Why? Because it shows that we are dependent on Him. It shows that we need Him. It shows that we are relying on Him. But if we continue to do that, if we continue to go on and on and on, what, what, what that will make us, what that would, 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 would cause us is that it will cause us to remain stuck. And that was exactly what was happening to Elijah. You see, when we begin to feel pity over ourselves, it keeps us at where we are at. It makes us stuck. You see, it is okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. Maybe, you don't, maybe you've watched that show, I don't know, right? It is okay not to be okay. Tell the person next to you whom, in whom you're watching, in, if you're watching this with somebody else, say, tell him or her, it is okay not to be okay. But it's not okay to stay that way. Elijah wanted to stay that way. He went on and on. In fact, he told God the same thing twice. I've been zealous for you. He told that to God twice. You see, when we begin to feel pity, pity puts us, puts us at a place where we are focusing now on our problems, our issues. But as we begin, and if we remain too long, if we remain in pity, if we remain stuck too long, what will happen is we would eventually miss out on what God wants for us. See, God's purpose pushes us forward to where God wants us to be. It is the purposes of God. It is the will of God. It is the calling of God that drives us forward to where He intends us to be. So that's why we have always talked about this. It's very important that we know what God's purpose, purposes are for us. Do you know what is God's purpose for you in your family? Do you know what is God's purpose for you in your school? Do you know what is God's purpose for you in your cell group, in the ministry? You saw, because you see, God never places us somewhere without purpose. Because that would mean that He places that with, He has placed us there by accident. And God doesn't make mistakes. Therefore, God does not make an accident. And so, it is very important, YM, that we discover what is God's purpose for me? You see, when you are feeling, when you are feeling that you are at your lowest, we need to look for God's purpose. And how do we do that? We go back. We remind ourselves again. We begin to ask God again, God, why did you create me here for? Why have you placed me here for? Because as God, as, as Elijah was feeling dejected, feeling down, feeling demotivated, God gave him a direction, right? And it is, that, it is that direction and purpose that Elijah now goes back. In fact, Elijah is going back the same way he came from, you know. 
he, went, he goes back now. You see, he came to Mount Horeb filled with depression, filled with anxiety, filled with self-pity in his heart. But now he leaves Mount Horeb filled with purpose, filled with passion, filled with God's plans for him. You know what this tells me? This tells me that you can enter into God's presence filled with all your problems and walk out with His purpose and walk out with His love and walk out with His plans for you. Funny enough, Mount Horeb actually means the mountain of God. And so what that reminds us today is that a divine exchange can happen when we enter into the presence of God. You can come in with your burdens, you can come in with your pain, but you can also exchange it and walk out free because God's presence is that powerful. Elijah goes back now carrying the power of God, carrying the presence of God because he knows what God's purpose is for him. If I can take it a step further, God's purpose for Elijah is not to die. Because why, remember, Elijah was one of the people in the Bible that never died. How did he went to heaven? By a chariot. And so he knows that his, God's purpose for him is not to die at the hands of Jezebel. It's not to die at the hands of the prophets. Because as he goes back now, carrying the, the purposes of God, he goes back with passion. He goes back with an, an enthusiasm and with courage to do what God has called him to do. I want to tell us and remind us today that God's purpose for you is not to remain fearful. God's purpose for you is not to remain uh, 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 um, anxious. God's purpose for you is not to remain at where you are at, in your loneliness, in your depression, in your troubles, in your problems. No. God's purpose for you is to be a blessing. God's purpose for you is to triumph over, over fear, is to triumph over pain, is to triumph over whatever the world brings to us. Because God has called us to be the head and not the tail. Greater is He that lives in me than he who lives in this world. And so if you feel like you are at a low point in your life today, right now, God wants to show you that He is great by giving you His purpose. By giving you His purpose. And we must have God's purpose. Only then do we have something to hold on to. Besides providing Elijah with His presence and His purpose, the third thing and the last thing is that God also provided Elijah with the comfort of His people. You see, it is... If there's one thing that I've learned as I study this text is that the life of a prophet is, is not a very glamorous one. It is not a very... Uh, 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 it is not a, a, a role that, 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 that gets attention. You see, most of the time, if we read the life of Elijah, and not just him, but all the prophets, it always, or most of the time, it resulted them in walking alone. They didn't have a team. They didn't have a committee. When Elijah was, was preaching and, and telling people off, right, he didn't have a keyboardist 
by his side playing, accompanying him as he ministers to the people. He, most of the time, he had to do it alone. No team, no committee, no partner, nothing. It would surely be a very lonely journey. And that is how this, this calling that he has accepted. And at this point, I want to take this time to, 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 to say that this can also probably be said of our pastors, of our leaders. You know, the, the, the role that they have taken, our, our beloved pastors, the role that they have taken is not a very glamorous one. It always, most of the time, they have to work alone. Most of the time, they have to travel alone, do jobs or do things that nobody else wants to do, going to the hospital, going to prison, going to visit people week in, week out, day in, day out. But yet, our pastors choose to do that. They choose to serve despite not receiving what we think. I say that not, to, not for us to, to have sympathy. I say that not for us to pity our pastors. But I say that so that we know and that we honour those that God has placed around us. You see, not, ma not many of us see what they do on a daily basis. We see them on Sunday. We see Pastor Anand's Instagram, wow, oh, look so nice. But we don't know the road that they take. We don't know the path and the journey that they walk. And so I say this not for us to feel bad or feel sorry for them, but I say this so that we honour. We honour those whom, in whom God has placed over us. And you see, God is so gracious. God is so merciful. God is so loving. Right? And we thank God for that. Why? Because if we look back here, the call of Elijah's cry, the call of Elijah's cry was that he was alone. He was lonely. And what did God do for him? God gave him a partner. God gave him a companion, a successor, a friend in the form of Elisha. God was letting him know that there is a man in whom I have prepared for you. Not just to succeed you, but to be with you, to accompany you, to help you, to, to, to give you company as you continue to walk this journey. See, we are never meant to walk this life alone. We are never meant to live on this earth alone. And, 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 and God, and though it, it will be very natural for us to crawl back into our isolation, to crawl back into our quarantine, to, call, to crawl back into being alone, whenever, especially when we feel uh, pain, especially when we feel frustrated and confused and angry. But I want to remind us today that it is never God's will for you to be alone. It is never God's will for you to live life alone. So I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage us today. Can we be open to allow God to bring people into our lives? Can we be open to allow God 
to, 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 to show us, to allow people to love us? Can we be open to allow God to send leaders, friends, to minister to you, to love you, to care for you? Because it is never God's will for you to live on this earth by yourself. And God's main way of working, we can read it throughout the entire Bible, God's main way of working, it is always through people. People are hard. People sometimes hurt us, sometimes are difficult. Not sometimes, all the time, people are difficult. But yet, that is how God always chooses to minister to people. He uses people like you and me to reach out to people like you and me. And so today, if you feel like you're at a low point in your life, God wants to bring people into your life to love you, to comfort you, to care for you because that was what God did. Elijah was lonely. Elijah needed somebody and God gave him not just a companion, not just a friend, but God gave him a successor to take over his job, to take over his role. You know, I was at a low point in my life. When my mom passed away many, many years ago, it was one of the, the times where I felt that, that it was so confusing. If you've ever, if you've ever lost somebody in your life, the first thing that you experience is not, is not sadness, it's confusion. Because everything happens so quickly, without you even knowing it, things just change, things just happen, things just fall in its place. And all you can do is react. And so what I did was, I reacted. I reacted by being by myself. I reacted by being in isolation. I didn't want anyone to come. I didn't want anyone to visit me. I didn't want anyone to text me. Just leave me alone. But I remember in my lonely, in, in, my, in my room, I remember praying this to God. I said, God, there's one thing I ask from you right now is that you show me. And what I will do in return is that I will be open. I'll be open to whatever that you want for me. And, I, and as I prayed that prayer, Immediately, God came through, not just by providing His, His presence. God gave me and assured me that I am loved, that I am the head and not the tail, that I am no matter what, always will always be His child. And God gave me a purpose, a purpose to lead, a purpose to, to speak, a purpose to do whatever that He has called me to do. And lastly, which is the most important thing, God brought people. This family that I call Youth Ministry, FJKR right now, is the very people that God has brought into my life at a low place, when I was at a low place. He sent people in to love me, to care for me, to do what I cannot do for myself. And so today, I want to encourage us that if you feel like you are at a low point in your life, I don't know what you have done, I don't know what you have ex been experiencing, but can you be open today 
to allow God to show that He is greater than whatever that you are experiencing, whatever that you have done, whatever that you have gone through, to show that He alone is great. And let Him assure you with His presence. Allow Him to give you a purpose. And last but not least, allow, you, allow Him to comfort you by sending people, by putting people into your heart, into your life. Today, I believe that God wants to do that for us. Presence, purpose, people. Presence, purpose, people. Because the truth is, life is tough. Life is hard. Life sometimes smacks us in the head when we least expect. But what do we do? What do we do? Just as we saw what God did for Elijah, God can also do the same thing for you today. So wherever you're at, can I just invite you to stand? Can I just allow you to just, can I just invite you to just open up your hearts? If you can, lift up your hands, lift up your hands. Because I believe that God is in this place right now. God is here. He's there with you today. And He wants to assure you of His presence. He wants to assure you and give you peace. He wants to assure you and give you hope. He also wants to give you a purpose today. A purpose for living, a purpose for being in your family, a purpose for working in that job, in that career path. He wants to give you a reason to live. And He wants to comfort you by sending people, by giving you a community that can care for you, love you, and look after you. This is the great lesson of Elijah, that when we have come to the end of ourselves, we actually come to the beginning of God's. If you have come to the end of yourself, I have good news for you. You have actually come to the beginning of God. And today, I want to, 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 to allow the team to just minister to us because I believe if there's one thing that God wants to minister to us today, is that God wants to show you that He is greater than your past. I don't know why, but as I was preparing this message for us today, I really believe that God wants to heal many of us today. I don't know what past you have experienced. I don't know what you have experienced in your past. The offenses that you have, have experienced, the hurt that you have carried, the discouragement, the bitterness that you have accumulated in your heart. And by accumulating all those things, what you find yourself is that there are wounds after wounds after wounds all over your body, all over your heart and you just don't know how to get rid of it. Today, I want to allow a God, I want to allow you to experience the love of God. You see, wounds infect. But if we allow God to heal our wounds, it turns into scars. Scars inspire us. Scars are actually testimonies that we have to show that though I was beaten down, though I was hurt and inflicted that way, 
God healed me, He redeemed me, He restored me. And look, if He can do that for me, if God can heal me of all the pain that I've experienced when my mom passed away, I am sure He can also heal you today. And so, I want to just allow the Holy Spirit today, right now, as the team just plays and ministers over us, wherever you are, just allow God to just speak into your life, allow Him to minister to you, to bring in His presence. Come on, let us worship together. allow him to just fill your hearts right now and just sing that over and over again this is this is the promise for us that we will never see the righteous forsaken greater is he who lives in me 
than he who is in this world. One more time. for your promises to us for they are yes and amen that we will never see the righteous forsaken that you have called us to be the head and not the tail that you have called us saints redeem us by your son through your son today God we come before you with all the baggages all the hurts all the pain, all the suffering that we are going through right now. We don't always understand why we have to go through what we go through. But right now, God, we want to respond to you in faith, believing that you have better things for us. Believing that the sufferings that we are going through are temporary. Believing that the pain that we are going through it's just a lesson, a journey that you are taking us through. And right now, I pray, God, for our friends and our families who are, who are watching this. May you come and heal us right now. Heal us of our past. That as we confess of our sins and call on your name, turn from our wicked ways, God, you will hear us from heaven and that you will give us a new life. And so right now, today, God, we come before you with hearts open and hands, hands held high. Acknowledging that we need you, God. We need you in our lives. We need you more than ever before. And we pray, God, for the, remain, for the, for the weeks and the days that we have ahead of us. I pray that you will be with us. Comfort us, assure us, by your, with your presence remind us of the purpose that you have placed us at wherever we are at and send people into our lives bring people into our lives as we open up our hearts and as we open up our lives for you to comfort us through your people we thank you God for everything that you have done we thank you God for everything that you are about to do for us Lord in Jesus name we pray and everyone say Amen, amen. Come on, let's give God a big clap wherever you are at. Thank you for joining us today.